and get ahead with WKGN. One, three, four, oh. Live from the White Claw Hard Seltzer Studios in Knoxville, it's the morning show on Fan Run Radio. Here are your hosts, John Reed and Bob Baskerville. Back in the booth, back on the airwaves, coming at you live from the White Claw Hard Seltzer Studios. John Reed, Bob Baskerville, Sam Beard, as we kick off this Thursday edition of the morning show. Good morning to you. Hope you are having a great day so far. Going to talk a lot about Tennessee taking care of business last night against LSU. 9 a.m. with a 9 o'clock hour, we'll talk with Tennessee assistant basketball coach Greg Polinski and get an inside perspective on it. The Super Bowl is days away. The NBA trade deadline is hours away. So we got some stuff to talk about today. Got a new member of ESPN College Game Day as well. Non-surprisingly unsurprisingly. Bob, good morning to you. How are you, my friend? I'm good. Feeling all right. Got a busy day ahead. But, uh, yeah, looking forward to a good show. Looking forward to hearing from Coach Polinski a little later. Um, off the heels of a win. What a start last night, too, man. We'll get to that, I know. but Yeah, Tennessee took care of business. No hangover. Coming out in that game, it was good to see. Sam, were you in the building last night for the game? I was in the building. I was in the building. My mom and I uh, went to the game. She came up for the night, and we had a had a nice night at the game. So it was a good time. Mom had a good time watching Tennessee LSU. Mom had a good time. Yeah, she. Uh, I was giving her a hard time. You know, she's got. We don't have the greatest vision running in our family, and she brought some binoculars to the game, and I was giving her some grief that. We're not watching it like Neyland Stadium. It's Thompson Bowling Arena, you know. But she said she likes to see them up close in person. And she's, <laughs> there was a direct quote. She said, I like to feel like they're real players. <laughs> and I was like, go. are they not real players without the binoculars? Not if you can't see them. Not if you can't see them. So, not yeah, no, we had, a, we had a good time at the game. Got a little dinner before. and Now, now did you two link up? You and you and Bob and Mom link up? You that told was, me. That was a tough one. No, we, uh, yeah, I Leaving the show yesterday, I was like, Bob, I, my mom would love to meet you. And then we got to halftime. Wow. A little tough to communicate <laughs> in there. And this youth basketball yeah. game just came on. And they just, they, they got me. They trapped me. You stood Bob up. I guess I stood Bob up, yeah. Yeah. Bunch of little kids, one out. <laughs> how, how old of kids are we talking about? Oh, they were young. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, didn't, I didn't hear the age, but. It, the, because <clears throat> we stayed for halftime because we were waiting anxiously to to meet Sam and his mom but it didn't pan out sad were you but, as enamored with the youth basketball game as, as Sam and his mom were <laughs> no um <laughs> I, I think what Sam they probably played could it have been 10 minutes yeah Man. I think they played for 10 minutes and there were like three buckets yeah it was like three buckets there were a couple like horrible like <clears throat> little kid had a shot look like oh yeah he's gonna put it up and then some bigger kid would run by and just swat it yeah it was like <laughs> i mean rejection yeah and there were probably five or six of them yeah like volleyball spikes you know it the was... loudest cheer of the night including the tennessee game was the first bucket of this youth basketball game <laughs> was it a nice one or is it just the build-up when it was oh, a, it was the build up, it was a yeah. tennessee scoring drought and eventually <laughs> yes. somebody got a bucket and you're like yeah thank god they ran up and down the court for five or six minutes and no buckets and everyone was starting to laugh and then now, how could, old are we talking i would guess eight yeah eight nine something like that because a couple of kids looked a little bigger so yeah it was probably an age range somewhere eight to we, ten i would eight bet to ten yeah i would I feel like you should be able to get a couple buckets at that that's age. what i thought too that's what i was thinking I, myself, I was like, I thought I was better at basketball when I was eight to ten. Maybe I yeah, I'm sure that. everyone thinks they are yeah. better, but also, I mean, you, you didn't play in front of that many people either. No, they have a ref calling fouls and everything. Oh no, it's a free for all. Yeah, so yeah. that makes it tougher too. Yeah, exactly. The coach was just like rotating in and out players. I saw one at some point where 
they were flipping the jersey of a kid. The coach was just like tapping a guy on the shoulder. He was like, hey, you're white now instead of blue. And he's just running down the court while the ball's in play, switching jerseys. Well, that was probably a closer, more competitive game than Tennessee LSU was Mm -hmm. at the beginning. I'm glad you guys enjoyed halftime. How long did you stay for the game, Sam? Did you make it to the end? Yeah, we stayed for the game for the end. I always stay till the end of games. What about beat traffic, Bob? Uh, what time did you get out of here? Oh, uh, we were in good shape. We uh, well, we stayed for that uh, that youth game, um, and then when it became clear that Sam and his mom had totally ghosted us, <laughs> um, you know, we uh, we welcome we, to dating, Bob, we, in two thousand twenty-four. Yeah, right. <laughs> we we picked our we picked ourselves up and said that's okay. You know, tomorrow's another day. And uh, yeah, we got out of there. It was good. We we're you know. It, not a problem. I parked on the top level knowing we were going to leave early, so that made it easier, too. So we just shot out and got out of there. Bob and his wife drive home in silence just wondering, <laughs> yeah. was it us? Yeah. Was it something we did? <laughs> yeah. Mom, mom, uh, Sue, you know, my wife just finally said, you know, just silence. And then she goes, you know, I like Sam on the air. That's all she said. And I was like, yeah, I know, me too. He's, he's pretty good, but. I don't know, man. Once uh, he gets out of the air, yeah, he's a yeah, you know. different guy. Yeah, he, 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 <laughs> yeah. Guess you guess you learn a little about people, right? That whole nice guy persona. <laughs> yeah, that's all it is. Yeah. Persona, <laughs> not realistic. <laughs> Bob, I got a question. What was the atmosphere like inside of Thompson Bowling Arena at Food City Center? And I guess Sam, you could answer as well as you were there. Also, it was um, it was surprise. Okay, so we left our house about 6 o'clock, a little before 6, because I knew there would be a little bit of a crowd getting in. But I think because of the time, and I don't know what it was, people getting off work, who knows, it was incredibly tough getting in, like, to park, that that part of it. So I'm like, you know, again, saying to my wife, I go, you know, by all accounts, we think this thing's probably going to be sold out at the last minute. And so we get we get into the parking garage. I zoom all the way up to the top. The parking garage isn't bad uh, in the upper levels. And then I we go inside, and we got in there at about six forty five when it was all said and done. And there were a ton of in our area, ton of empty seats, ton of them. I was surprised. So um, and and then at the beginning of the game, I felt like the energy level, even with a smaller crowd, it was pretty high because you saw it, John. I mean, they came out guns blazing, but uh, but. Then it kind of, then it kind of, you know, it was it quieted down a little bit for sure. And I think part of it was there were there were less people, and and some of those those seats around us never got filled in the first half. Yeah. So then people started moving down and all that stuff. Sam, your experience similar. Where yeah. did you sit? Where were you at? Uh, we were in with the binoculars. Were we in the upper deck. I no, guess. We, no. One of our buddy, one of my buddies, gave us his tickets. Actually, oh. we got to section one hundred. So Ma, Ma had. <laughs> Lower level seats and st- still need the binoculars. I, I told her when you said that. I assumed you guys would just grab some cheap <laughs> upper level tickets. That's what she originally did, and then and then we got these tickets. I was like, you, you won't need these binoculars anymore, Mom. She's like, I think I'm going to use them anyway. <laughs> but yeah, the atmosphere was not great. I thought, you know, comparative comparatively to other games that have been in that arena, I don't think it was one yeah. that you really. Well, that, that's how I came across on TV. Yeah, I was. A little surprised. I mean, I, I guess I can't be hard on people that were actually there because they actually went, and I watched at home. And someone had asked me, "Are you going to the game?" And I was like, "No, no, no, no I don't. Not a big enough game." I was like, "No, not exciting." Uh, LSU's not very good, and you know that, that played out in the first half. So I can't be mad at people that went and necessarily weren't loud enough, or people who had tickets that decided against it because it wasn't an exciting matchup. But at the same time. With the way Tennessee played on Saturday in Lexington, you thought maybe you get more of a celebration or like a "Hey, good, good game, boys, good job. We're gonna fill this place up. We're gonna celebrate you." And it didn't come across that way, even even in a first half that was so dominant. And you kind of just picked up right where you left off. And first half, we're back on that pace to score a hundred points. Especially when you consider that, like you know, this is. I think heading into that game was what one of the last five home games. So now you have you only have four home games remaining. Sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. But LSU stinks. So I, I'm not going to blame anybody that doesn't want to spend their their Wednesday night. Maybe they had church. Yeah, church I think night. maybe the Wednesday Wednesday night was kind of a kicker too. 
middle of the week, just, I don't know. They looked at that 7 o'clock start and said, ah, no thanks. If it was 6.30 and I could get home, maybe. But Tennessee came out, like Bob said, guns blazing and made a statement. We'll dive into the game after the break. It is the morning show here on Fan Run Radio. We'll be back on the other side. Good morning. Already crowded there in Emory Road at I-75. It's picking up with a little bit of volume coming down. 75 southbound out of Campbell County through Anderson County. Still not too bad right now in West Knoxville, 40 east and west, over the top of West Hills. Hey, Cadenza European Auto Service repairs BMWs all European makes. Never pay dealership rates again. Just Google Cadenza European Auto Service. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. Ever been the coach who realized the team's gear just was Fifty points in the first half. Tennessee looked Final Four bound. Second half, you felt much worse watching it. But at the same time, you get to the end of it, and in a game that you were up twenty-three points at halftime, you only lose the second half by three points. You still end up with a twenty-point victory, uh, an easy cover. And you end up with 27 points from Dalton Connect as he was back to kind of being the closer down the stretch when the game did get close. LSU made a run, got it down to eight points. And by my calculations, over the next like two minutes, Dalton Connect answered with seven points of his own to put the game to bed and, you know, hold off LSU's surge. <clears throat> Still get back to, like I said, a 12 point swing the last four minutes to go from up eight to up 20. Bob, your takeaway was what? Yeah, I, I'd seen your post on on X about <laughs> it was very short and sweet at first. You said, you know, game update, we're going to the final four, something like that. Ha- right? Halftime thoughts, Bob. Yeah, halftime it, thoughts. It wasn't that long of a of a tweet. You could have memorized that. Halftime thoughts, final four bound, and then at the end of the game, or at least halfway through the second half, I was about to say updated thoughts, maybe out in the second round. <laughs> I was thinking. There was parts of the game where it felt like a first four game. Yeah, you know, it was uh, it got weird. But uh, overall, I mean, I don't. Th- as far as I felt, even when they cut it to eight, I, I was like, we're not going to lose this game. I wasn't very, I was never concerned. Um, but looked very, very strong in many parts of the game. I also felt like you said they they came back late and really slammed the door shut. Um, it was a weird game statistically, too. I mean, LSU out-rebounded Tennessee. Uh, Dominated them Considerably. On the glass. So, yeah, particularly on the offensive glass. 20-10 um, to 10 edge for LSU in second-chance points. And LSU was minus uh, Jalen Cook, who's their leading scorer. I don't know what the story was. I didn't hear on TV in the first half because I wasn't watching on TV what happened, why he was he was in street clothes. Honestly, it kind of made it sound like they were just, like, being precautious and then – and, and resting him because they kind of knew they weren't going to win the game. It's, yeah. It's almost how it came across at the beginning to me yeah. when I was listening to it. Yeah, so <clears> – <throat> but to your point, uh, the offense still showed up. Uh, I still think back to that game a week ago, a little over a week ago on Tuesday, where it was maddening watching that offense at that point. South Carolina had something to do with that, but now we've seen the offense for Tennessee really get get right overall. Again, they had a they had a – a pocket of time last night where they didn't score, but uh, you know, still finished with 88 points. I, I was really struck by Connect's complete line. I mean, everybody was saying it was a quiet 27 points, but he did a lot of other things. Probably the best line I've seen for him the whole season, if you look across the board. Seven boards, six assists, three blocks, two steals. It was a good night, I thought. Definitely his most do-it-all game. Yeah. But then, you know, whenever you did need – to close the door, when it was only an eight-point game, he goes down, gets an and one, hits a couple, ju- hits a jumper, hits a couple free throws, and yeah, slams the door shut. I'm interested in what Coach Polinski will actually admit and say, but like to me, watching it, I couldn't help but think it's the perfect game as far as they're concerned, where you come out, you flex your muscle, you have your confidence. 
you struggle, you face a little adversity. So it gives the coaches something to like actually yell at them about the next couple of games, not let them feel too high going into Texas A&M. Yet you still perform in the clutch. I use clutch loosely, but eight-point game, four minutes left, and it at least was enough to make people get a little nervous. It seemed like that, Sam. It seemed a little bit like, I don't want to call it like Rupp Arena, but like whenever the team was kind of coasting to the finish line and LSU pushed it to eight, it was almost like the fans were pleading, all right, guys, come on, clap, 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 let's get loud. Let's try to remind these guys that, like, hey, the game's not over. Come on, boys. And then, yeah, like, Santee got a, a layup plus a foul. And then, yeah, Connect kind of took over. It seemed like the, the crowd tried to wield them to, like, the finish line. Please, just finish. Yeah, I mean, it was like a – it did kind of feel like that. The people around me were like, hey, you know, like, this game's not over. I mean, it's only a 10-point – it's only a 10-point lead, and there's still time on the clock. I think you kind of saw Barnes like switch to a younger lineup there for like two possessions when it was seemingly out of hand, and then they kind of crept back into it, and he was like, all right, let's put the starters back in and let's close the door on this. Yeah, I was waiting for him to kind of call off the dogs, and maybe he caught him off a little too early in terms of, of letting LSU make that run. And I'm not sure he would say he regrets it or anything trying to get some guys some minutes to see how they would respond, but they failed the test, a lot of them, the younger guys that came in. So I wonder if Polinsky feels the same way in terms of that being kind of the perfect coaching opportunity to say, hey, guys, first half, that's what we need to do if we're going to win a championship. Second half, you let your foot off the gas. That's what's going to get you beat in the tournament. That's what's going to get you beat in these big games. You can't take your eye off the prize ever. Stay focused, blah, blah, blah. But good job closing. That's something to build on. Focus. We got a big game Saturday. Because if Tennessee came out and just blew out LSU by 30-something points and dominated wire to wire, you risk them becoming a little too confident and maybe feeling themselves a little too much. Instead, you get to say, hey, here's what you did wrong. And film session, you get to look and say, hey, guys, this rotation, not good enough, not up to the Tennessee standard. Cam Carr, for the love of God, dribbled the ball a couple times. <laughs> Cam Cam would have Cam would have lit up that halftime game. Yeah, with the yeah. I'm sure he was probably he might have seen a little of that. Going, man, I wish I was out there. I'd dominate. Um, and I don't think you would have taken it easy either. It feels like you would have had a lot of the Cardell Jones playing kid in hospital vibes in terms of I'm out there to get my buckets. <laughs> What was He's the not afraid scored, to shoot. Cardell Jones like, actually, I scored 98, not yeah. 91 points. <laughs> uh, Triple J got off to a nice start, and then he got two fouls. That kind of hurt his momentum, but felt like he was carrying over from uh, Saturday night. Hit his first two shots. Actually, didn't miss a shot throughout the game. He was three for three. I thought that you, I mean, obviously you didn't play a strong second half, but I think the way that the game was officiated in the second half like broke up the flow of a lot of that. I thought the flow yeah. was beautiful in the first half, and then you kind of got into that second half, and you just never really got, I think our offense never got comfortable. That's the one thing I could sense feeling, uh, or I could feel it live. John, yeah. I don't know if you could feel it on TV. In the first half, the pace of the offense, even in the half court, was like, it was moving, man. You could it, there was definite energy on the court from the players, so that was that was really good to see. Yeah, you know, there was a carryover. Everybody touching the ball. Everyone locked in. Zakai came out with another great start. Josiah, great start. But yeah, I'm about tired of you guys flexing on me too. By the way, about the being in this arena and me being at home <laughs> watching on TV. Multiple references you guys have made to, well, I don't know how it looked on TV, but I was there. I don't know how I feel about this. I was enjoying my Coke Zero. Yeah. How did yours taste? <laughs> I ate some popcorn at home. Yeah, My popcorn at home was better than the popcorn they sell oh, inside sure. the arena. So I had that going. Yeah, mine was a – I had some last night. It was a salt bomb, man. It was rough. Yeah, yeah they, they don't do a good job with the popcorn. I smelled some burnt popcorn. They don't do a good job here. there. Yeah. They can't charge I feel like movie. it's really hard to mess up popcorn. I know they charge movie theater prices, and it's not movie theater quality. It's it's and it's there's always a line for it well, too. People love popcorn. Yeah, I love popcorn. I can't avoid it. Every time I go, I'm like, I'm gonna get some popcorn, even though I know it's gonna be underwhelming. <laughs> and it's not gonna be good. Is that your go-to sporting event snack? <clears throat> I can't say my go-to sporting event snack, but I do love popcorn. And I guess if you if you combine my entire life experience, I can. 
because I mean I used to go a lot and watch like my stepsister coach basketball. She was a high school basketball coach, and I did always have to have uh, a piece of pizza and some popcorn there to watch at least the popcorn. So yeah, I guess so maybe, but no, like at the Titans games and stuff, I don't get popcorn. I go to Hawks game, I don't get popcorn, but Tennessee, yeah, because typically the lines are too long to get anything else. Yeah, trying to get a pizza or something. That's why I got popcorn last night. Yeah. Actually, for once, the line—it's usually horrible, but it wasn't bad. There was like six people or something like that. Yeah. So, so I guess I'll say yes, because I, I don't. Otherwise, I don't have a snack. Pizza. I like getting pizza too, but that's more of, a, I guess, a food versus a snack or a meal versus a snack. But yeah, that popcorn's gross. You talked about Josiah and his performance. Were you frustrated by Santiago Vescovi's performance where he followed up a pretty solid game against Kentucky by coming out and just being like, ah, I'm good, I'm not going to shoot tonight? Yeah, now now it's all moved to uh, forget Josiah, he's fixed. And now it's uh, the problem is Santi. No, it was, he passed on a lot of shots last night, I felt. I mean, not dozens, but I mean, he, he had some looks. There was one time I I found myself it was in the first half I was like shoot it yeah I mean he he had a, he had space he had a good look he can hit the three I don't know man it was that was a weird turn of events you know Ganey kind of patched the hole there you know what I mean he made up for that gap but yeah Ganey has Ganey has gotten back to I don't want to say early season form but Ganey last night was as good as he's been all year as far as I'm concerned and. You know, he followed up a – maybe not a great shooting night against Kentucky, but I thought he played a great game against Kentucky. He's kind of stringing some together and is back to being a, a guy that you feel good about. Yeah, and active on defense too. Had three yep. steals. And, I mean, he's he's contributed in more ways than the shot right now too, which is nice to see. But, but yeah, back to, back to Santee for a second. Um, he ended up with one of three, 0 for 1 from three. 0 for 1 for the free throw line, two points. Yeah. But I feel like it was like the 10 minute mark of the second half before he finally shot. I yeah. feel like. Yeah. Yeah, it was. I don't know. It goes back to what you said, John, earlier in the week. We need, between him and Josiah, we only got 10 points from them last night. We need a little more than that, you know, 15, 16 minimum. Um,. Against someone like LSU, you're okay, obviously, yeah. without it. But, yeah, uh, Saturday night at Texas A&M, a quad one opportunity, you're going to need more from Vescovy. And it just it's frustrating when it looks like he doesn't even want to be out there, at least on offense. I mean, I, I don't know. Like, I understand you're, you're a glue guy. I understand your, your role on this team is different than years past. Like, you don't have to be the, the primary creator or scorer. And or score, because at times you had to do both here at Tennessee. You get to kind of just be a, the added bonus guy, and I'm going to keep the ball moving. But when things were going so well, like at least get a couple shots up, man. At least hit your pump fake, sidestep three, do something. Only 21 minutes for him last night, too. So uh, I think Barnes might have been also displeased with his lack of aggression. Especially on a night when you were shooting the three so well as a team, I thought it was just strange that he wasn't shooting the ball. Yeah, I mean, like, every, everybody was making it. So maybe you could say, hey, everybody's making it. I don't need to shoot. My teammates are making it. I'm just going to not shoot. But whenever you just aren't even looking like you're trying to score, people are going to be upset with that. People are going to be upset with that. He did have a big layup and get fouled, miss a free throw. Whenever it did get to an eight-point game, or I think maybe that was a ten-point game at that point, and he, yeah. tried, he pushed it to twelve and, and missed the free throw to make it thirteen. But we, we need to have a sit down. I think, like, you know, a lot of times you talk about veteran leadership and the old guys trying to, you know, get the young guys to to focus or to play, blah blah. blah. We need to have a sit down the other way. We need we need our freshman Camp Carr to sit down with Vescovy <laughs> and be like, look, when you're in, you got to shoot. You, you got to get your shot up. That ball comes to you. You gotta try to score. We need the young guy to sit down and have a talk with him because in three minutes, Cam Carr got his three shots up. I told you Vescovy played twenty-one and shot three times. Josiah, same way, three shots. Perfect. Three for three. Two for two from three. But hey, you, you gotta have a little bit more of an aggressive mentality. Here's what I do when I come in. 
I'm going to maybe take one dribble and I'm firing. Did you see the Tennessee bench when when Cam Carr would shoot? They would all they were all like maybe they're like God, please hit so you'll stop shooting. I don't know, but they were they were super uh, on the edge of their seat. They were always getting up on attempted threes, but I don't know. It felt like they were. They were willing Cam Carr to do something. <laughs> he had two stints and only two minutes, but again, three shots. It's funny when he comes in. Like you like the aggression as a fan, but at the same time, yeah, you need to you need to hit one of those. <laughs> I, I don't know if he can shoot in practice. I, I don't know. I mean, I know for the season he's only shooting sixteen percent from three. You know, obviously in limited attempts, minutes wise. He um, he he threw uh he got in the game and I was like okay great and he he got his hands on the ball and threw an outlet pass to Santi that almost went into the stands too I mean he was definitely jacked up. Um, when he got into the game, there were these guys sitting behind us that were like they were betting on minus nineteen and a half for Tennessee I think and it was kind of at the stretch where they were starting to come back and he was like come on Cam Carr shoot the ball like <laughs> I need some points you need somebody you need somebody that's going to be willing to get out there and get it so like it is it is funny that you have one. You have one guy coming off – well, that's not true. You have two guys coming off the bench who love getting shots up. You ain't going to have to convince Ganey or or Carr to get their shots up. Right. Those guys are out there to get buckets, and I think Connect is very uh, willing to get his shots up. The rest of the team sometimes a little measured in their approach. But we'll take a timeout. We'll come back. We'll hit the phone lines, and we will continue the conversation. 865-546-8200 if you want to hop on with us. I know Russ didn't do a voluntary reaction last night, so you might have some takes you want to get off your chest. 865-546-8200. It's the morning show here on Fan Run Radio. Good morning. That traffic's on the increase already as we check it out live. Kingston Pike through Sequoia Hills. It's moving right now. Alcoa Highway northbound up by Topside Road, building out of Blood County. As you come past the uh, flea market as well, still holding up also on 75 over here at Emory Road. Hey, Buckner Plumbing now offers HVAC services along with plumbing. If you need them, call Buckner Plumbing today at 237-9646. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. White Claw is taking hard seltzer to new heights with White Claw Surge. At ah! All right, let's hit the phone lines. 865-546-8200 if you want to weigh in. Up first, we got Roberto. Good morning, Roberto. Hey, guys. Long time in no talkie. Yeah. I hope you're very well. Back at you. Thank you, sir. Uh, wow. Uh, a couple of quick hitters. I mean, Auburn. Whew, they look really good, guys. Uh, I don't... I, I, we're going to sit here with arguably the... I mean, I'm, I'm 40, almost 3. And we're going to sit here with arguably the best team in my lifetime at Tennessee. And we're going to finish, like, second, third, or fourth in the league. Is that crazy? Is that how good this league is? The league at the top is very good with, obviously, the Alabama schools and Tennessee, and I guess South Carolina's going to hang South around. South Carolina. Yeah, they're going to hang around. Their schedule's not that tough. But, yeah, no, Auburn Auburn flipped the switch last night. It was a, a one-point game at the four-and-a-half-minute mark, and then they went on a run. It was 38-37. to Then you look up, it's 57-41. So they went on a you know, 19 to four run to kind of put that game. Yeah. I don't want to say on ice, but to really distance themselves. Hey, Roberto, I was, uh, I only got, I only got to see the better part of the second half of that game, but I'm guessing it felt this way in the first half too, but it felt. I actually only watched the second half as well. Yeah. I felt, I felt, I felt that the, what I saw, it felt like a different kind of Bruce Pearl team too. I mean, they, they, and and the game plan clearly worked. They were, they were big and physical against mm-hmm. Alabama, and you know between Broom and Williams, and I—that's the part I watched where I was sitting there thinking, as a Tennessee fan, it's like that's uh, you know we can we, we can we can get rough and tumble, but man, that that was a different look to me last night. Yeah, you know it's strange. Uh, there's Tennessee prides itself on being physical, right? I mean that is that's a Tennessee staple under Rick Barnes. 
And there's two teams that are absolutely more physical than Tennessee is this year. One of those is obviously Auburn, based on what you're saying. And the other one is South Carolina. And you saw what that did to us, you know? Um, Mississippi State's pretty physical, too, oh, if I remember correctly. They are. And so is Texas A&M. So those those are middle-pack teams that we're probably going to struggle with. Well, Auburn's not middle-pack, but those are middle-pack teams we're going to struggle with because we're not as physical and and so I bring to you guys this just in a thought pattern, but like, is this even desperate need of walk on Euros Plausich? No, no, no. I don't think Roberto will ever be at the point where I'm begging for Euros. No, 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 no. Don't say that name. Uh, oh man, don't sorry, forget, John. I, we, I hope we, you'll we do, forgive me. We do have Crazy Eyes Killer off the bench in Awaka, man. He. uh but yeah, he was terrible last night. Yeah, he, he was bad. Yeah, he was kind of back to what we've been seeing recently. But and then Cam Carr taking um, <laughs> taking Freddie DeLeon's minutes is interesting. That's an interesting development. Yeah, um, a couple games in a row you haven't seen any of Freddie. Yeah, Carr's not afraid to shoot it, is he? Nope. No, that's what I was saying. Uh, you know, he needs to sit down oh, and have a talk with Vescovy. No, no, he needs to sit down and have a talk with Vescovy. Give him some confidence and say, Here, here's what you do. You get in, you shoot the ball. Yeah, that's right. That's your job. So do it, go do it. Um, and then, uh, you know, uh, I want to ask Bob this because I think everybody in the audience who listens knows that Bob is an avowed Purdue Boilermaker fan, and that's fine. I have no problem with that. I think they're great. Is Dalton Connect making strides to close in on your National Player of the Year? Perhaps we t- we talked three weeks ago and you said no chance. Yeah, you know? I still think it's it's going to be tough. I felt like Dalton had a shot on Saturday night um, if he had against Kentucky. Yeah, because on Sunday, the ball. on su- yeah Sunday, Edie we we've talked about this. Edie played kind of middling and pedestrian and wasn't really that good. So that would have been a chance for him to gain some ground. I still think, boy, there's still uh, the media pundits. There's a, I, there's a lot of love towards Edie and they know. love their Big Ten. They do, they do. So they do. And, you know, I mean, uh, it's nothing against Zach Edie. Uh, it's really not. But I, I, I've proposed, and I, I don't know if I actually asked you guys this or not. But I've proposed that are we about to get the reverse Peyton Manning effect? People at the end of the year, Dalton Connect's going to keep putting up 25 point games. I mean, I don't even know how many he has now. I think it's eight. I'm pretty sure it's at least seven. 25-plus point games, and you've got, obviously, like five 30-point games. So my question to you guys is, are we getting ready to have a reverse Peyton Manning effect where Zach Eady, Zach Eady, Zach Eady, Zach Eady, Peyton Manning, and then out of nowhere, Dalton Connect has just a stellar season and maybe even has a game against Auburn, for example, and he goes for like 45. And all of a sudden, he's squarely on the, yeah, let's. I want to vote for anybody but Zach Eady. Guys, that's all I had for you. I hope you have a great day. Go off. Back at you. Well, a couple of things. If you're saying the reverse Peyton Manning situation, okay, so now fast forward to 2024, ESPN is on your side now. ESPN, the machine, is behind the SEC, not the Big Ten. Let's yeah. face it. No one really watches Fox midweek shows or anything like that, right? Like, no one's watching Fox sports coverage. At least I'm not. Sam, are you? Nah. You and your friends watching uh, speak for yourself and first things first you take it in the fs1 the only time i'm turning on fox is to watch yeah fs1 basketball i'm not watching anything else other than that bob you check out any of the talking head shows on fox no i occasionally I'll catch a little bit of cow herd but that's i don't even consider that a talking head show that's the, you know he's a radio, radio show, yeah right? exactly yeah. yeah it's not a debate so it's show not as much a, as... yeah so uh, no i don't i don't watch any of those shows you still watch any espn Talking head shows? Because, I mean, I, I don't watch near as much as I used to, but I, I still find myself around five. I'll, I'll check out Around the Horn. And, you know, at least before I started the morning show, I would watch at least an hour of Stephen A and maybe some Get Up, you know, depending on how early I was up and if I was doing show prep or not. Like, I, I would put some of those on. But it would never go to Fox Sports 1, ever. It'd be on in the background for me, maybe. I'm okay. never, like, seeking it out. Well, I still, well, my point is, obviously, ESPN, I think, still kind of controls the narrative. Yeah, sure. And they are an SEC entity now. They are in complete lockstep with the SEC. So hopefully at some point they start taking basketball a fraction as seriously as they take football. Because I do think 
the SEC basketball product is pretty good. And I think, you know, late season swoon, you maybe don't have the, the magnitude, obviously, of, of the big game. You don't have Michigan, Ohio State. You don't have a moment where, where Charles Woodson can, can score a touchdown and, and strike the pose. But Tennessee, we've talked about their last two weeks of basketball. You got four big opportunities. You know, you got four quad one opportunities. Your last game of the year, correct me if I'm wrong, is Kentucky, correct? Correct. That's as close to Tennessee basketball having a Ohio State-Michigan football game as you could have, right? I don't know if people around the conference feel that way, but obviously, like, this year, those are two top teams. Tennessee may be the top team going up against their biggest rival at home. So, yeah, I mean, if Doc Connect came out and scored 35, 40 points in that game against an easy defense, then, yeah, you might have that late-season push, especially – if you're on a three and one stretch in your last four, and you've beaten Auburn at home, and maybe even beat Alabama at home, and or beaten South Carolina at home, then yeah, I think Connect could steal it. Sam, can you go to the DraftKings? I guess that had the updated odds. Can you see what what Edie and 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 Connect are looking like for Player of the Year? Yeah. I'll go um, the, the one thing I will say, I I agree with pretty much all of that with one uh, provision, and that is. As we get closer to March, I'm hopeful that those debate shows, you talked about it, they spend a lot of time on the NFL. It's the NFL and the NBA. It feels like they don't spend much time at all on college basketball. But as we get closer to to March and March Madness, I would hope that they would do that. And to your point, that I'd like to believe that that Tennessee-Kentucky game might warrant a college game day visit by their basketball show, which is far different than the football show. It's not as high profile, but... Uh, yeah, let's hope that they kind of wind up the media chatter in general about this because that's what it's going to take, too. Kentucky's going to have to do their job of staying relevant. Correct. Which, you know, I, I don't think they're going to completely free fall. But also keep in mind, when you're talking about game day, last last Saturday in the season, it's Carolina going to Duke. Is it really? Yeah. 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 God. Carolina's going to Duke, so. But they were at Carolina just this past weekend, so maybe they'll try to. Maybe they'll split it up. Maybe they'll split it up, but I don't see them passing up an opportunity for Duke. If if that's still like a top ten matchup. Yeah. They still want to make us think that rivalry is as good as it ever was. Edie is uh, Edie still minus nine hundred. Okay, as, so connects right. Warden Warden connects next best odds at plus two thousand. So it's gone back up, right? It, it had gotten down to like fifteen hundred, fourteen hundred, right? RJ Davis, RJ Davis, and Dickinson are the next two at plus three thousand. So yeah, if you're just doing like a temperature take, if you're checking the temperature, like connect cooling off a little bit because he had been making a push. Who who did you say was third? Uh, RJ Davis and Hunter Dickinson are the next two best odds at plus three thousand. Okay. They're distant. I mean, yeah, they're distant. I think it's a two-man race. I didn't know if they'd close the gap at all, but I, I think the odds are more reflecting. Edie went from minus 700, I think, last time we checked, to minus 900. Also, you throw in, Bob, that Duke, Carolina, on March 9th is a ESPN game. It's a night, 630, night-ish game. Tennessee, Kentucky, on the other hand, is at 4 o'clock on CBS. So, like, if you're looking at the Oh, it's CB- not an, EB- an ESPN game. Yeah, it's not even an ESPN game. So, I'm going to guess we don't get game day for that. Unless Tennessee is up to, like, number one or number two in the country. And if Kentucky's battled back to be a top ten, maybe. Maybe. But I'm going to bet no. I don't know if being on CBS disqualifies, you know, them for being from consideration. I don't think so. It just feels like that Duke-North Carolina game is always game day anyway. Yeah. yeah. Both matchups. Yeah. 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 I hate Duke. That was in our show notes. I even wrote that. Have we ever liked Duke, even for a minute? I liked the Jabari, not Jabari, yeah, Jabari Parker. Jabari Parker, yeah. Yeah. Or maybe it was, the, no, I didn't, I didn't like that team. It was the Jalil Okafor team that won the title. I mean, like, I appreciated them, you know, winning the team. title, I guess. They went on a nice little run. They, they weren't dislikable at that point. And I, there was a part of me at that point, Bob, that was like, you know what? Hell yeah, I'm glad Coach K has taken over the one and done from Coach Cal. <laughs> maybe that hurts Kentucky. That was a tough national championship, though, because that I feel like everybody wanted that Duke team to play that Kentucky team, and then you just got Frank Kaminsky instead. Yeah, it was kind of <laughs> like what would have happened if you the USA would have lost. Was it to Finland? 
after they beat Russia in 80 and like the miracle on ice. That, that's that's right. kind of how it felt for Wisconsin. You beat the undefeated Kentucky team, and this is what would happen if you'd have lost the next game and didn't win the gold medal because Wisconsin beat Kentucky, probably celebrated as if they had won the championship because they beat an undefeated team, and then they got beat by Duke. Was Grayson Allen a freshman on that team? He was, and he was a sixth man. He balled out. He scored he like 20 points off the bench that game. Yeah, yeah it, with the, in the semifinal game, Michigan State? Oh, uh, no, he scored, I want to say 20. Like he, was, he won the game for them in the national championship. God, that's... That may be why I hate Duke still. Is there's always a player like that that comes along. I was not a fan of his. That Cooper Flag kid is 100% going to be like that next Duke villain, too. Yeah. Yeah. Cooper Flag from Maine. I still remember that moment with Cody. Yeah. <laughs> See, <he's... laughs> was it a fin when they beat in 80? I'm trying to Google it. I know it's not right because the Google is telling me they beat – the Soviet Union in the gold medal game. That was not the gold medal game. I, in 80? Yeah. The Miracle on Ice. Oh. Didn't they have to go and play? They, they played someone else after that. Yeah. It no, was they, Finland, right? I, that I can't recall. But, yeah, they I'm beat the sure it's Finland. Obviously, they beat the Soviets in the semis. A little bit of trivia for you, saying if they ever ask it in, a, in bar trivia. Who, How did that come up? <laughs> um, well, I was saying that that would have been Wisconsin beating Kentucky. Oh, yeah, right, right. And then turning around and losing the national championship because they won the semifinal against the 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 evil power, and then lost. That's a, that's a good comparison. Thank you. I, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Because they ended sense. up losing and, and not competing and completing uh, the, 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 the goal. 865-546-8200 if you want to weigh in. Sam sent us a timeout. It's the morning show on Fan Run Radio. Go and download the brand new Fan Run Radio app. Take Fan Run Radio with you wherever you may go. Just go to your app store. If you're an iTunes, Apple person, look for Fan Run Radio. Download it. You can access all your podcasts there. The shows. I think we got, we're working on a couple other additions to it, I think. I don't exactly sure if it's a, a completed app just yet but we are working on it and it's new working on a couple bugs and and trying to get it up to pristine optimal running but go ahead and download it if you're an android user keep an eye on it we're probably about a week and a half away from that we had to get a certain amount of people to test it and get it approved before then but it is in your itunes app store right now the fan run radio app and check out the brand new website fanrunradio.com so just to jump back to the Tennessee game for a second, and it may be a little uh, discriminatory, John, because this is going to be a oh here we you, go you, again. You should have been you should have been there. Moment, here we go but, uh, again. So you know Tennessee shooting well in the first half. This was another thing that added to the good vibes. You know if they hit five three pointers in the first half, you get free Chick Fil A nuggies, as Andy oh. Reid calls them, and. Uh, and uh, that was another thing that felt great because they, well, you know, uh, you know, being serious, they shot about fifty percent from three point range. They, they their game was on beyond the arc for sure, but that was a nice little bonus. They had they hit seven like before the halfway mark of the first half. It was great. I was like, I'm loading that app, getting it going, get some of those nuggies. I saw a lot of people in front of me pulling out the Chick Fil A app like as soon yeah. as we hit eight threes. <laughs> Should have been there, man. Should have been there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I ate a salad for dinner last night. <laughs> no nuggies for me. No nuggies for me. God, I love that spot. They could play that multiple times in the Super Bowl. They won't, but I'd love to watch that spot time and again. Yeah, I wonder. Uh, I would imagine that uh, they, the Chiefs haven't gotten together to do any new commercials yeah. in, to, in, in preparation for the Super Bowl, but I would have liked a couple new ones. Andy Reid eating new things, but... <laughs> They are probably uh, locked into their task at hand. Did you make anything of what Roberto said about Tennessee's physicality? Because I, I don't think you can have it both ways. Yeah, I don't think you can complain about Tennessee's quote-unquote lack of physicality if at any point over the last four years you've complained about the offense. Because I don't think you can really muck it up and be a physical team and also be, you know, 
super elite on offense and run a crisp and uh, system and, and get shots. And I also don't feel like Tennessee is lacking physicality. I mean, you might say they are the third or fourth most physical team in the conference, and that's okay. But yeah, you know, they're not number one. But no, no, I'm not. I'm not pining for the days of Oroche trolling the sidelines or patrolling the paint. I agree with that. I think that what Auburn did last night probably was a, a tactic, and you know. It, Alabama plays the way Alabama does, and that's that's one way you can beat them. Um, I just can't picture Bruce kind of going that route all the time, and and I yeah I I'd still take our our chances against Auburn. They're very very good. Um, I I'd still I, I don't worry about it too much. Again, what I I would say if I'm concerned about anything is just having some sort of impactful reserve. If we could get more of what we saw from Tobey on Saturday night on a consistent basis, then I don't have too much concern. What I will say about last night's Auburn-Alabama game is, A, thank you, Auburn, for holding serve. Yes, sir. For for winning at home. That was important for Tennessee's chances. But also, I'm not impressed when you punk Alabama. Alabama's kind of soft. Yeah. Alabama's kind of soft. Like, Tennessee punked Alabama. Beat them by 20 at home. I don't know if you remember Meshack, you know, making it to where Sears couldn't even dribble at portions of the game. Like, Tennessee hounded them, too. So, I'm not going to overreact to Auburn out-physicaling Alabama because I think Alabama's a soft basketball team. I agree with that. Yeah, it just wasn't – again, to me, it felt like a departure for a, for a Bruce Pearl team, but – you're right. Alabama, I guess their big is uh, Grant Nelson, and we were texting about that last night. Um, he's he's just a tall, skinny guy. He can, you know, he's got some game, of course, but he, you know, you can definitely rough him up. So yeah, I agree with you, John. He'll fill out. I mean, he's a solid player, but yeah, like he's not one that you're going to be afraid of right. in the post. You're not. You're not. He's not going to set a tone defensively or with any aggression offensively. Tennessee, on the back of their last two offensive performances, has skyrocketed up to number 14 in terms of offensive efficiency. That's good enough to win a championship, especially when you combine it with the number five defense in the country right now. You know, the defense has slipped a little bit, but I think that's just what, you know, it's bound to happen when your offense is clicking as well as it is. And when you're, you know, you've gone up against the Kentucky team that, for as much as we make fun of them, still really good on offense. Yeah, I was surprised to see him slip that much on defensive efficiency just from, the I guess, that Kentucky game. That many points scored changes things. But, um, yeah, I I still feel very, very good about this team, um, even based on what I saw with Auburn and Alabama last night. Um, I, I You did mention something that is – is a factor when talking about South Carolina. Their schedule is pretty damn soft. Actually, Auburn's last three or four games, if you look at those, they're they're pretty uh, they're pretty light compared to Tennessee's last three or four. Um, the good news for that is Tennessee gets Auburn at home. Yep. You know it's a it's a nice little scheduling. I don't want to say quirk or layup, but it's a nice break. It's a nice break for Tennessee to not have to go to Auburn this year. And maybe your biggest or second biggest threats, you only get them at home. I will say, though, like looking looking at the odds right now, Auburn has moved into being the favorite to win the SEC. They're almost at I mean, close enough to even money. They're plus 130. Last night coming into the game, Alabama was favored. Tennessee was 2-1, to one, plus 200. They are now plus 165. Alabama has gone down to plus 340. I got to say, kind of think there's some value on Alabama at plus 340. You talk about Auburn schedule. I think I think Alabama very well may go 16 and 2 in the SEC. If you told me they won out I wouldn't be surprised at all. They play at LSU, home against A&M in Florida, 
at Kentucky, at Ole Miss, home for Tennessee, at Florida, Arkansas. It's a pretty easy schedule. Yeah. I was about to pull the trigger last night on Tennessee plus 200 to win the SEC. But then I actually looked at Alabama's schedule, and I was like, man, like, that that's going to be tough to overcome. Because I was like, you know what, the, the, the odds are going to change here. This is your last chance to get in good on Tennessee because they're going to beat LSU and Alabama's going to lose, and this is all going to flip. And it did to an extent, but to me, Alabama's still in pretty good shape. Like, Bob, when you look at that schedule, if I set the over-under at one-and-a-half losses the rest of the year in, the, in, in regular season play – you're taking the over-under for Alabama. For Alabama? Yeah. No, I'd take the under. I Sam, guess. are you taking the over-under? Yeah, I would take the under, I think, on this one, too. Sorry, Bob, didn't mean to cut you off there. No, I was just going to say, I, I think out of those four teams we keep referring to, Auburn, Alabama, Tennessee, and South Carolina, and we think Tennessee's remainder of schedule, mainly because of this clump of six, one of those games was last night, are relatively simple. I still think the remaining schedule is the hardest of the four. Yeah, the the overall like win percentage didn't rank it that way, but I think you might be right when you look at the four they have all in a row. Yeah, South Carolina has to go to Auburn. They have to go to A and M. They have to go to Mississippi State and play home against Tennessee. So, like, I do think South Carolina is going to fade a little bit. I told you about Alabama's schedule, uh, and you know, basically, if they win at Kentucky. They're going to be in good shape. Now, if they lose that Kentucky game, all of a sudden their game at home March 2nd against Tennessee becomes, you know, a do-or-die game for them when it comes to winning the conference. But, you know, then, then Auburn, they're scheduled down the stretch. Real quickly, um, actually, we're out of time. Stay tuned for the top of hour two, as I tell you, Auburn's schedule. They have a home game against Kentucky, a road game at Tennessee, but really, that's it for them too. So, home, I mean, home game against South Carolina. Home so. game against South Carolina. Yeah, I mentioned that. So, like a couple tests. Hour one of the books. We'll kick off hour two of some things you might have missed from yesterday. It's the morning show on Fan Run Radio.